And so we're really talking, when we talk about trust, we can solve a lot of problems with trust when we start getting clear. So we make this expectation reality gap go like that. So let me give you an example, and this is not anything new, I know, most of you know this, this is a reminder, this is going to make life better for everyone if you go, yep, I'm going to apply that. Um, Lucinda, can you do the washing while I go to work? <laughs> That's kind of funny because it's normally the other way around, right? If I ask Lucinda, I'm pretty sure I know what's going to happen. So let's just say you ask someone to do the washing and they go, yes, and you go, just tell me what that looks like for you, Right? Or, let me explain to you what that looks like. So this is what it looks like for me when I say do the washing. And you might want to renegotiate, right? But it looks like this laundry basket is empty. And that washing machine is empty. And that dryer or that clothesline is empty. The only thing that's full are the drawers. And they're filled with folded clothes. Right? Is that good? Yeah, I've been taught well. That's my wife, everyone. How clear is that? And so the person you just asked, you can go, is that good? Do you understand what I'm asking for? And they go, yes, but I was intending on watching Netflix for most of the day, so can I just, can I get the laundry basket empty and the dryer or the clothesline empty, but just have everything in a basket, right? On, on the laundry floor. Is that going to work for you? Okay. Maybe. But maybe not. But you understand what I'm saying? You can go to work, you come back, and you're not, I asked for this, you gave me that. It's getting clear. The boss asked for this, I gave her that. Not happy. And so we always... Uh, we're always in that sort of space where this gap has got to be reduced in order for us to be able to really live in trust and trustworthiness. So if you want to be a trustworthy person, you can't just say, I'm going to let my yes be yes. Right? Because yes being yes doesn't make you trustworthy in someone else's eyes if you have delivered something that they weren't expecting. So let your yes be yes and <laughs> clarify your yes. <laughs> Someone asks me to do something, I say yes. It's not what they're expecting. They're still going to think I'm not trustworthy. Grant didn't deliver on that. So here's what we're going to... Uh, last week we had three commitments. If you haven't heard last week's message and you don't know what the commitments are, uh, check out the podcast. Because uh, I think... Um, I think those three commitments are life-changing. <clears throat> if you decide, yes, I'm going to commit to those things. And I've decided to commit to those things. And so I'm going to give another three. This is about trustworthiness. And it's all about reducing the gap, making things clear. So here's a, number one. When I ask you or someone in my workplace or someone in my family to do something, I'm going to make it super clear what that looks like, I'm going to make it super clear and give you an option to renegotiate so that you can make it super clear. So I'm going to make it super clear and give you an option. So if I make a request, make it super clear, give you an option. Uh, two, if you ask me, if you make a request of me, say, Grant, can you, uh, I'm going to get clear on your request as well. 
right? We're going to get super clear so that that gap is not there as much as possible. There's still going to be something. Number three, if at some point I've made a commitment to you to deliver the washing folded in the drawers, but middle of the day, this isn't happening for me, it's just not going to be possible, and I'm realising that the gap is going to be bigger than what I promised, I'm going to go straight to you and say, hey, I said that I was going to do this, at this stage it's going to take a bit longer, or at this stage I'm not going to get it done when you asked, right? Now, if you're doing those three things, that the gap is going to go like this. Things happen when trust and trustworthiness align. Yeah? Uh, the possibilities for the, the community uh, are extraordinary, and I might just briefly go into that in a moment, but I had a situation, I was in a car with my <coughs> brother-in-law, he had his pea plates, we're driving along Nangara Road, if any of you know where that is, it's <coughs> miles from here, we used to live out that way, he's driving along, he's a pea plater, and all of a sudden, a uh, truck going the other way, the windscreen shattered, now he was driving, I was in the passenger seat, the windscreen totally shattered, and all I could see now was the old-style windscreen just went, it's just there, I couldn't see a thing. He's going 100 kilometres an hour along Nangara Road. Back then it was a skinny, dangerous road, and my heart is in my throat going, I can't see a thing. Uh, if I was driving, I would be packing it, absolutely packing it. He's calm as can be. He's as cool as a cucumber. I'm dying. There could be a truck coming the other way. We could be driving into it. We could be driving into a tree. I have no idea what's going on at this point. And he's putting his brakes on and eased off onto the side of the road. And I realized at that point that there was a section of glass which is reinforced right in front of the driver's window. He could see the whole time. I had no idea. And I was struggling, thinking we're all going to die. This whole trusting, uh, sometimes it's going to look difficult, but I realized that God has this problem with us. Thinking about this, God has the same problem. If you, if you consider Adam in the garden, right? You imagine you've got a child and you come looking for the child and they've just done something wrong and they're hiding from you. Wow, that sort of breaks my heart. My child's hiding from me. What do they think I'm going to do? Right? God comes into the garden, Adam's hiding. If I was God, I'd be like, I've come down here to talk with Adam. I know what he's done because I know all the stuff. But I've still come down, I've still come to talk with him, and he's hiding from me. It's going to break my heart. I, this is heartbreaking stuff, isn't it? He doesn't see me. He doesn't know who I am even. Why would he hide his idea of me? 
is too scary for him to confront or be able to talk to me or come to me. He doesn't trust me anymore with his brokenness. He doesn't trust me with the stuff that he's stuffed up on. He can't just come and say, hey, God, ah, you're not going to like it, but you know the stuff you said not to touch. <laughs> right? He's afraid. And this is the problem that if you look through the Old Testament, this, uh, the whole of the Old Testament, there's this drama, this dilemma of people seeing God as an angry God who's going to pour out hellfire and brimstone on you. Right? That's, that's the idea we have of the Old Testament, isn't it? The same idea that Adam had of God, which was wrong. And so God gets clear on it. He says, I need to solve this problem. This windscreen that they can't see through, I'm going to remove it. I'm going to come right into their world <laughs> and I'm going to show them exactly who I am. And I'm going to talk to them exactly about what I expect or what they can expect from me. And so Jesus comes into our space and he removes this expectation reality thing and goes, this is what you get when you see God and it's Jesus and he stands at the center of our world and says if you've seen me you've seen the father in other words I want to clarify something just make it easier for you to trust the father he looks just like me <laughs> and I've come that you might have life and life abundant And I've come so that you can give me your burdens. And you can trust me with your life. You can trust me with your kids. You can trust me with your finances. If there's stuff in your world that's seeming broken, you can't see through the windscreen, I'm driving your car and I've got a clear view of what's going on. And so he says, come. Come to me. Put your trust in me. In fact, he may be the only person who truly is trustworthy. Worthy of our trust. But we struggle to bring the important stuff. Because we're still afraid of crashing. So, as we talked about last week, making a decision to trust, but knowing someone's trustworthy completely dictates, especially when it comes to God, the way you move forward. Knowing that God is trustworthy will determine how you relate with God as you move forward. Is God trustworthy? Maybe there are little spaces in your world that you've gone, actually, no, he's not. That might be the case. That's the, the reality. There's times when I got to this point where I just went, I don't know that he is. And that's hard. Lord, can you make it clear? Let me pray. Father, we want to be trustworthy people. And that's good for life and it's good for home and family and just while we're here, 
it brings out the best. But even more importantly, I pray that we would be people who are able to trust you, that we would recognise that you are trustworthy and we can bring uh, everything. Uh, we can be our most creative. We can be our most vulnerable. We can dream and we can love as hard as we can because we know that what we give you is safe. Help each person here, help me to know what it looks like to truly trust and to truly bring everything we have in order that we might experience the fullness of that life that comes from that space. Thank you that you made it clear in your word that uh, it's your goodness, it's your kindness that causes us to turn towards you and have a relationship with you. So Lord, we take you at your word this morning and put our trust in you afresh. In Jesus' name. Amen.